What's good, everybody? Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the If Not Me podcast. KB. Yeah, we forever. Every loss, we ain't losing. Don't think you took a ass. Damn, son. Real life. Got him. Y'all want some empowering shit? I did love being black. For real, for real. Like, and then like even even with all the negative shit that's going on in the world today, it even make me love it even more type shit. Cause it's like, damn, y'all hate us that much. It's like, damn, like I'm I'm just because of who I am and I what I can't change. This this is what was fucking y'all up. Like, yeah, I like this shit. This is this is this some powerful shit. Like I got power over you. Like my culture gives me dominion over yo bullshit that you got going on <laughs> but what's good y'all um welcome back to the if not me podcast episode five we gonna title this one the black experience i took a little i took a couple notes earlier on and i was uh wanting to come on here to kind of talk about some of the things that i expressed already in my earlier episodes i don't know if y'all listened to episode one well i know most of my listeners have but for the ones who didn't I kind of touched on a few things about me when I was growing up as a young boy and how a lot of the way my life was and the the experiences I had growing up in the city of New Orleans, a lot of it made me feel as though that being black was negative. Now, to elaborate on that, I don't mean negative in a sense like I wanted to be white. Or, like, I wanted to die and, you know, be born as something else. But it was more so, like, I wanted to be safe. You know, I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel, you know, like, who I was. Like, I wasn't wrong for who I was. And, and, and obviously, you know, only, a, like, an adolescent can, can feel like that. Because realistically, it's like, how the hell are you wrong for for being who you are you know but um the way this year has been going that was part of the reason why i really wanted to come on here and, and touch on these well not touch on these but actually talk about this a little bit more because you know it's the shit is like it's just getting worse it's, it's getting worse and then you know it's like every day you still see the shit on tv where it's like another African American individual, or somebody, uh, or any type of minority individual, really is just getting either, you know, put in a in a um a dangerous situation, uh, being being stereotyped, being profiled, you know, again over shit that they literally can't control, you know, and that shit is just is just not cool. But um, so I felt like I wanted to come on here and really, I guess, just go more in depth on that. And those thoughts that I kind of touched on in the beginning. First and foremost, I love being black is a positive connotation. The reason being is because I feel like this whole entire year, 2020, and thank God this shit is almost over. And I don't mean to say God and curse in the same sentence, but I'm really thankful that this year is almost over. And one of the biggest things that I'm taking from this year is that, bro, they really don't fuck with us. Like, in no way, shape, or form, I'm talking about from politics to sports to philanthropy to entertainment is like we can't do nothing right in their eyes, you know what I'm saying? And not to say that I really care, but it's just like damn. 
if you if you statistically break it down, majority of the minorities are the ones that's out here trying to do better. I can't tell you how many times. Matter of fact, I can't. All you've been seeing is people, and I'ma just say, and I'm a, I'm a group. I don't I don't like to to try to, you know, put us in sub subs subcategories. You know what I'm saying? I feel like all minorities, all, like we all oppressed. You know, so I'ma just I'ma just use the term minority, but at this at the same time, you know what I mean when I say that. All we've been doing is trying to like fight for equality do things differently break all type of generational curses you know set the standard basically you know change the shit that was put in place to hold people down and hold people back and basically free ourselves and somehow the other people then took that turned it into a negative thing and tried to make it seem like we the enemy and this whole year has shown me that. And I kind of talked about it in my last episode about the whole situation with friends turning ops. It's like, even that, they didn't even got into the mind and somehow warped and brainwashed individuals that might, that used to probably be, you know, partners or some of, you know, some of y'all right-hand mans turn op over with the, the white man has been you know, putting out there and making people feel like they way is the right way and shit. And, and it's just, it's just, it's crazy to me. But at the same time, I'm thankful for it because it shows that, that like we on the right path. It shows that what we doing is clearly threatening to them. And now they got to switch their tactic up and try to find new ways to get to us because a lot of us are like becoming more educated and we, and we, we starting to like, you know, open our minds up. And, and our eyes up to what's going on around us, and and that shit is scary to them, you know. I and and even even I even had personal situations that kind of showed me that you know a black man that's actually out here trying to make a difference is intimidating for them to the point to where they're gonna try to push you out and push you away from whatever they got going on. So man, shit is crazy. But back to what you know what I was saying originally, like growing up. In the South, I can't necessarily say I experienced a lot of racism at a young age. It was kind of like until I started to like grow up and move around, I started to really like open my eyes and see how people kind of were towards us and how they felt towards us and the things that people would say. Because I always, I like, I always had a good interpretation of um. A good interpretation of right and wrong, you know, good and bad, shit like that. I can't necessarily say that in Louisiana I experienced a lot of the racism because majority of the people I was around were black people. But what I can say is because the culture and the environment that I was raised in, a lot of those, you know, and then I grew up somewhat on government assistance, so a lot of these people... You know, they, they relied on the government or, you know, the white man at the time. What well, shit, even still now. And a lot of those thoughts and, you know, negative ideals and, and, and things that came from that kind of 
molded the perspectives of the people, like the culture that I was around. So to me, it kind of, in a sense, turned us against each other. And that was part of the reason why myself, I felt like, you know, maybe had a lot of us, you know, not being white, but maybe if we grew up in like a more diverse, I'm going to say, because, because I mean, I, I, I couldn't be white. You know, I, I couldn't be white. It's like, you know what I'm saying? They don't like, from, from what I know is they don't season their chicken, you know, they don't season their food, you know, like a lot of different, a lot of things in white culture isn't as, what's the word I'm looking for? It isn't as like as as fire. I'm gonna just say fire. It ain't as fire as in black culture. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like it's a it's a different way we do things. It's a different way we feel. It's a different way we are. And I feel like I couldn't be that. But just maybe had we just had a little bit of diversity, I just feel like we would have just been a lot more safer. I feel like we would have been more prone to get out the projects. I feel like we would have you know our school systems would have been a little bit more better. I feel like you know kids would have grew up more prone to wanting to be professionals and have careers opposed to living life on the streets and shit like that. You know, these are all the things that I was experiencing. This is why I kind of felt the way I felt. But I didn't really start to experience the racism side of things until I got a little older. And then when we moved out of New Orleans, and I want to say I I went to Texas, I had a best friend who was white and you know, at the time, I didn't never, I, I couldn't, like I said, I had a good interpretation of good and bad and right and wrong. And I always, I never was like a a one-sided person. And, and I don't know where that came from. I was, all, I, I was I, as, long, as far as I can remember, I've always been a very, very open-minded individual. So for me, you know, it wasn't weird to have white friends or like to associate myself with other races. And when we moved to Texas, and um, I had my, you know, my white homeboy and shit like that. I feel like that was the first time I kind of really experienced it because every time I would be around him, it would always just be like this weird vibe I would get from like his parents. And I was kind of confused because I'm like, well, damn, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably at the time probably like eight years old. I wasn't, I, I wasn't no bad kid. I was just like, you know, another neighborhood kid type shit. But it was just something about me that they didn't really feel. And then. My mom used to always, you know, stress that you can't, be, you know, be in nobody's house or you couldn't do it. And I used to always just wonder why. But as I got older, I realized, you know, that was kind of the birth of, like, my first little bit of, uh, I guess, racial indifference, I won't say. And that shit, you know, it kind of, it, it, it was imprinted on me. But again, it never really altered how I felt because I would go on and then be put into an environment where I was on some diverse shit. And even with that, I was I was put into some diverse shit to the point where it was like my mom, it, where it was Hurricane Katrina in 2005, my mom, we moved back to Texas. We, we moved to Texas the first time in like 2001. Then we stayed, came back to New Orleans about 2000, I want to say two, 2003-ish, stayed. And then around 2005 for Hurricane Katrina, we dipped out again. And that's when we went back to Texas. But this time, she was on a whole wave. Like, all right, you know, I want to put y'all in an environment where it's better. You know, y'all can, it's a better education system. And then ultimately for her, she get a better job. You know, rightfully so. Black woman doing, you know, good things for her black kids. You know, I dig it. And I was ultimately put into this diverse situation where I went to this school where it was predominantly white, but it was mixed. 
And that was when I started to kind of see that all minorities were, were, were oppressed because it was a lot of Mexicans that I went to school with. And I actually ended up being real, real close to a lot of them. Like even one of my best friends at the time, uh, I still remember this fool. It was this fat dude named John. But my ass used to call him tortas because if you know tortas is Spanish for 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 sandwich, and he was and he was a he was a fat dude, and, and me and this me and this motherfucker was cool as shit. So that that goes you know again with that whole me being diverse and open minded and stuff like that, and I would just notice like certain situations being around a school that, and then being in Texas, I, I don't know if y'all know much about Texas, but you know certain, a lot of people in Texas, especially at that time, they were like real well-off family so children came to school with this real privileged attitude you know and then they were real big on sports so especially like if you had like the the white people who played football or basketball man they came like they was like celebrities in the school and shit you know what i'm saying and to the point to where they would they would have no black friends you would never see them associating with no black people and then ultimately and i probably was like in what seventh grade at the time eighth grade and that ultimately i started to kind of start to see that whole racial divide you know where i would hang with majority mexicans and blacks and then i would see that we would kind of be looking at the white side like ops and my whole thing was well why you know why why we can't you know do both you know why we can't you know see it from both ends but they were just like nah we not fucking with them you know and that and that was just because of what they also experienced. Now I don't know how they they childhood and them growing up was, but at some point they they realized the shit and that shit had them on on the outs. Like we not fucking with them. we not fucking with the ops at all type shit. And it was you know that that's sad because you gotta think about it. at this time we thirteen fourteen you know some of us fifteen because motherfuckers you can't get out of fucking middle school type shit and y'all already with the what the world is on. Y'all already kind of involved in that, and we just children in a sense, you know. But again, that's just the the cards we were dealt at, at real young ages, and then you know, I don't know where everybody is now, but who's to say you know they don't they don't grow up to be like real biased, and you know probably in their lifetime they done some prejudiced racist shit to somebody or or um or, or what's the word I'm looking for. Or, or stereotype or profile somebody on some shit. You just never knew. Thankfully, after that, Mom Deuce, you know, decided to move back to the city, go back to the origins where it all started, and let niggas finish, or excuse me, let us finish high school. So the rest of my high school I actually went to in New Orleans. So like I said earlier, I didn't really experience racism, but that whole us going against each other, man, that shit was at an all-time high, you know, and then at that time, shit, 15 meant 17, and 17 meant 18, you know, and, and when I, what I mean by that is a lot of my peers were, even though they were young teenagers, they had already been experiencing real life, so they were already in the streets, you know, shit, they probably had already caught their first bodies. You know, chicks was already having kids. Like, it was a lot going on type shit. I mean, they were already taking care of, you know, other kids. They were, they were, shit, they was, they were already out going to clubs and shit. Like, it was, it was a lot of shit going on. So, that, you know, that whole 
us versus each other was at an all-time high around that time. So I didn't really experience much racism, but I definitely experienced a lot of, like, ignorant, I want to say microaggressions amongst each other, like, just the fighting, you know, like, people dying from, like, from your same neighborhood, people that you didn't grow up with type shit. Not by the hands of a white man, you know, and not, not, not nothing like that, literally just because of, the poison and the shit that they didn't put into our communities that ultimately turned us against one another. But by the grace, I made it out, barely graduated, and um, I decided to you know take my take my shit out and go, and just go to the military. That decision was easy to make because I I just was looking for a way out. I wanted to see something different. You know that goes back to that whole open minded thing. I wanted to see something different. I wanted to. You know, travel as much as possible. Whatever they tell you, they tell you you're going to travel everywhere. But you, you didn't really travel much. And, I mean, in the beginning you did, but after a while, you don't really travel as much. And, uh, you know, that was that. So I made that decision. And I feel like that was really when it really, really hit me. Because not only did I experience different cultures, but it was, like, cultures from all over the place. Like, I don't know how many times I heard a white person say, this is my first time ever being, or my first time ever seeing and being this close to a black person. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But but it's for real because a lot of these people come from these small-ass towns, these small-ass country backwood towns with a population of uh, 2,000 people, and none of them are black. And it's sad. It really is sad. So it's like, you know, like, don't cry for me because... It's one thing to have poison being, you know, put in, the, in in our communities, in our streets. But it's another thing to be from a whole different place where you only know one thing. You know what I'm saying? Even, and it's like, how the hell you don't, you never seen a black person before, you know? And, and how, like, you looking at black people like, oh, damn, I, I didn't know that. Like, like, we, like, like, we a unicorn. You know, some fairy tale fantasy shit. You know, it, it's ridiculous. But this is real. This is what I'm really real life experiencing type shit. So that was definitely a big culture shock for me, but that was the my military experience was definitely where I where where I firsthand got all of like the the racism and all of this other shit that we experience today, legit. And man, when I tell you, it was a life altering situation for me. It really was because I was like I was defenseless. Because it was so much history and so many different things that I wasn't taught or that I no not necessarily taught that I didn't necessarily pay attention to because I ain't, I ain't gonna say taught I feel like the school system is only it was it was made to only teach you so much that goes back to that whole holding us back thing but then it's like if 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 you kind of turn away from that. As I did, like I said, I barely graduated. And then you get into that situation where you don't really know what's going on. You're not really well equipped to handle, you know, how how life is going to be on the outside. Especially being as though I'm 18 and my first duty station is in a whole ass mountain town. You know, and I mean, shit, you might as well say Colorado. Or, and that's the mountain town I'm referring to, Colorado. And you might as well say that is one of those places where it's like, the population, not necessarily the population because it is black people, but you would think 
that it was one of those things where it was a small town with a population that had no black people because the white people in Colorado act as if they have never fucking experienced black people, black culture ever. And it's sad. It really is sad. I'm going to say not even just fucking Colorado, but majority of those states in that western, midwestern region going towards that way. It's, it's crazy to me. They don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to treat you. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't, they didn't, I guess they weren't around that. So they don't know those, those different hardships and those different situations that you didn't been through. So they all automatically, they're born with these bias that they can't see past. So they'll never take your culture, your culture and the shit that you've been through as serious as you would. And then on top of that, I don't even fucking know most of my culture because, you know, again, I'm ignorant. So it's like, it was just, man, it was just all bad, but. That military shit, man, I just, it was it was different for real. Now, looking back at the history, and I'm only speaking on one specific branch, but looking back at the history, you would think that, you know, with the way blacks were ultimately able to join the military and then with, the like, the all-black regiments and things way back in the 1800s, you would think that the military would be well more diverse and like culturally diverse and understanding of like you know this whole racial divide but that was not the case at all because when i tell you one of the biggest things that i noticed in the military was the whole racial divide thing and how everybody was against each other and the fact that it was like if you were black you had to do everything to the best like you had to go above and beyond not saying not saying that because some people, when they join the military, you, like, you have some people who join to, like, to just get away. Some people who, like, don't even really have a sense of, like, self and they want to understand themselves or they want, you know, they want to gain some type of discipline or just be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And then some people are just, you know, full, just full-on patriotism. They just want to join and, 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 and it's America, you know, on that shit. You would think that the shit would be a lot better, but it's not. Like, it was actually worse. I feel as though, like, I had a conversation with my grandfather. Like, he said that, you know, it was one thing that they would be, because he was in the military around, like, the Vietnam time. And he all, and he told me it was, like, it's one thing to be in the service and then you have, you know, your band of brothers or your battle buddies or whatever you call them, y'all fighting basically for freedom, you know, quote-unquote freedom. And then you come back to this side of the world, and then it's still a whole bunch of racial inequality and shit like that. That shit is still present today. Like, in today's time, it is still like that, if not worse. I feel like a lot of, like, the the leadership, the, especially the ones that been in for, like, years and years, I feel like they, in a way, a real, real, like, underlying way, they, they try to keep those customs going as far as, like, keeping minorities in the service on the outs. To the point where it's, like, you really have to be in there and you have to, like, in a sense, prove yourself just to kind of either, one, get them off your back so they just, like, leave you the fuck alone, or two, to be a part of what they have going on. Mind you. And this is, you know, this the dark, this the dark side that most don't know about. Mind you, most of these motherfuckers are alcoholics, drug addicts, 
hardcore racist, all type of bullshit. And it's like, why do I have to, you know, basically, ruin, like, you know, tear my body apart, fucking run, run a million miles, jump the fucking highest I can and do all this crazy shit for somebody who, because of, again, the color or no color at all of their skin, I like, I have to prove myself. Like, it, it literally makes no sense. In a way, it's a weak-ass rite of passage to be a part of the white man's army. That's how I look at it now. At the time, I didn't because I was still ignorant. You know, I was I was young. So I'm going to kind of blame majority of my ignorance on being young. But I knew a lot of motherfuckers who were real smart at that time. And, I, and, I, and looking back, I really commend them because you could tell they came from, you know, a, a, good, a good line of folks that kind of steered them in the right direction. But, I mean, again... It was, the cards was dealt a different way. I'm just thankful that I got out of that and, you know, got on my shit and understood what was really going on and where I came from for real, for real. And now I'm trying to make that difference now and, and, and basically get people on the same path to really wake up because, man, this shit is, is this shit is played. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to be going through this shit for 400 years, but in 2020, it should not be at this height that it is, you know? And we really need to, you know, get on board with the shit and, and, and get these motherfuckers back in their little, you know, in their little caves and their houses hiding. Because that's what the fuck need to be done. We don't need to be hiding. We don't need to, you know, break our bodies down, you know, mentally fuck ourselves up to 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 um to succumb to their bullshit. No, it need to be the opposite way around. But, um, you know, uh, I started to really experience that shit and I really and I started to really see it. Um, it was always something where a young black soldier, young minority soldier, was put in some type of fucked up situation because of where they came from. Like, for instance, I was a mechanic. In the mechanic world, one of the things I would notice was that they dictated it, you know, it was, you know, well, for one, they, they, I guess they did that shit before they got there, so it was kind of like secondhand nature to them, but at some point, you know, some of these young, you know, these young guys, like myself, 19, 18, just getting into service, they were doing this for the first time, and they actually wanted to learn, so with that, it came, you had to, like, really, you know, be under them, and they, way, they methods of teaching was just so bad, it was, like, put you down, always try to find some some uh sketchy ass way to to basically throw shots at where you came from you know like like it was always this thing about being from the city oh you from the city and it's like like what the fuck does that mean you know what i'm saying it's like regardless of what the fuck where i'm from you know i'm here to learn and this is me doing my job why you like why are you so invested in that shit when really fuck where you from clearly you don't brush your teeth Y'all don't practice good hygiene, you know, and I'm not saying shit about that. So it's like, why are we having this conversation about, what, like, what does that have to do with anything? Another thing was kind of how they, the energy, you know, it was like, and, and I'm telling you the guy on this truth, it would be four, four mechanics, all white. Them, you know, congregating and being together doing their shit wasn't an issue, but... For minority soldiers in one place, 
congregating was an issue. They were either plotting or they weren't doing work. Obviously, you know, to them, it it looked like that, but it was always an issue for that shit. You know, I don't know, like, the whole country, and this, and this might seem minuscule, you know, to the whole thing of what I'm explaining, but this whole thing with the country music. I never listened to no fucking country music until I even got into the service. I, I never paid no attention to country music. They were not, it was like hip-hop was the devil to them. It's like, oh, turn that shit off. It's like, well, damn, you know, we in here, we've been in this, we've been in this motor pool for hours, turning wrenches, busting knuckles and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why not, why we can't play a little bit of music to give us some type of motivation, you know, dealing with y'all asses. And it was like, nah, you know, it was it was disrespectful and degrading for us to play hip hop music, even if it was the clean version. But they could motherfucking play country music all day long, you know. And I and again, that goes back to what I like what I was saying about the whole situation with the the Dallas people and the privileged background. It's like they knew that the the, the different customs and things that were set before when black people, you know, weren't really you know, able to even join the military at a certain time and shit like that. Or when they did, they didn't have really a say in the jobs and what they had to do. And it was, and again, it was some of them who maybe had grandfathers or whatever that been in for years and they kind of followed in their footsteps. They tried to keep those same old customs and courtesies going. Not even courtesies, just customs going to the point to where it's like, now you have an issue with me because I'm, because you can't deal with the fact that the world is changing around you every single day. And over time, that shit just became so mentally draining. So mentally draining. Even to the point to where it was like, man, I started to see certain black people kind of conform. And, like, it was like I knew, I not knew of this black guy at the time. He was rocking the um the Confederate flag, had his cowboy boots. You know, and, and he felt more safer being around them. You know, shit like that. And it's funny because as black as he was, they didn't have a problem with that because it's like, yeah, he's black, but he's going against his his people. <laughs> and I guess that made them feel great, you know, so they were like really accepting of him. But then when it came to, you know, I don't really want to use the word urban, but because a lot of us came from the city or different places where it was like predominantly black, they would look at us like, you know, like how they would say gangbangers and shit like that. When, when it's like we all in the same organization, how the hell am I a gangbanger? Literally, I'm in the service with you. Like, what is that? That doesn't make sense. So it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot of bullshit going on. And in terms, I still was kind of ignorant, but it was just something that was kind of pushing me towards like, man, something ain't right and something have to be done. And I used to always find myself kind of being real, real outspoken with the shit. But at the time, it was just like, you know, oh, that's racist. That's when it's like you got to find other words and other ways to describe, you know, motherfuckers' actions and the shit that they doing aside from just saying that they racist. Because not everybody's racist. You know, majority of them are just fucking, like I said, just ignorant. But after experiencing that for a good six and a half, seven years, you know, I was... I had already made up in my mind, like, man, I can't do this for 20 years. You know, retirement sounds great. Having a guaranteed paycheck, you know, and being able to experience all these different cultures, the shit is fire, but at the same time, it's like, it's not good. It's not conducive for who I am as a man that I'm trying to grow into, I should say, because 
like I started to, you know, I st- my eyes slowly were wake, you know, opening up. It was like I didn't really have the words to describe what I was like experiencing and going through. But at the same time, something in my mind was telling me like that shit wasn't right. So on my first deployment, you know, I took it upon myself to be like, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and just get in school. College was never my thing. I never, never, never thought in a million years that I would be a college student because I'm just like, nah, that shit is just, it's for the birds. But when I tell you that shit low-key saved my life, not saved my life in like a, oh shit, you know, I'm about to fall off a building and a motherfucker catch me type shit. Not saved my life in that sense, but just saved my life as far as like my culture, you know what I'm saying? Because it was more to it. The shit I was experiencing, it was more to it. And I just needed, I, I needed a concise and a, and a, and a what, uh, an intelligent way to explain it and understand it. And, you know, low key, it, it kind of started with school. I feel like me going to college is really what kind of woke me all the way up. It, it got, it got the, it got, it got the wheels spinning, you know what I'm saying? Figuratively, it got, it got me, it got me wanting to be like, okay, you know, what the fuck is going on? Not to mention, I also had a, a conversation with a buddy of mine back then. He was, like, real, real big into, like, watching, you know, not and like, like, news publications, CNN, Fox News, all of that shit is, like, like real, real valid information. It's somewhat valid, but not real, real valid information. But it's a start, I feel like. And he used to always tell me, like, you in the fucking military, dog. It's like, you have to, you have to know this shit. You have to be a part of this shit. But, again, where I came from, and that poison that they threw into the streets and, and, you know, turning us against each other, it made me not give a fuck. Because I'm like, shit, it's like, if only you knew what I came from, you would understand, like, this shit is, is not going to do shit. But it will. It will. It's just, and, and it's going to have to be on a bigger scale, but at the same time, it's going to start with me or it's going to start with you. You know what I'm saying? That's why I started this whole movement with the podcast and I called it If Not Me because it's like, it has to be one of us to do it because if not, it's like, who else it is? It's going to take that little kid from the hood that experienced that racism to get out and get the real answers and then bring it back to get, to, to basically get everybody to wake up and see that the whole time they've been the one that's been fucking us over. It's not it's not you. It's, it's, not, it's not that nigga from the sixth ward that's beefing with that nigga from the seventh. It's not y'all. It's the fucking white man who divided our shit and put those drugs and, and, and criminalized us you know what I'm saying? It turned us against each other. It's them. But again, you won't know that, you know what I'm saying, if you if you're not if you're not out of it, you know? So that was that was really the start of my whole thing. And I and I'm really glad that shit happened. But once I kinda got you know, got got my feet wet a little bit, it probably took like one or two classes at the time. I was like, man, look, fuck this army shit. <laughs> Respect respectfully. I'm just like, man, this shit for the birds. I'm not dealing with this shit no more mentally. Like I'm not I'm not conforming to no more bullshit i'm not trying to be a part of y'all secret societies no no none of that shit i don't want to fucking be on no boards i don't want to you know see be on you know sit at no tables with no sergeant majors no colonels none of that shit because y'all ain't you know yeah y'all might be y'all might have all these good accolades and these badges and shit on y'all shirt from the things y'all have done for the service but it's like what the fuck have y'all done for y'all communities or for mine even you know and that's where I kind of drew the line in the sand. I'm like, I'm done with this shit. But at the same time, I needed a, I needed a method, you know, of how I can do this shit. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go to school. And it's and at this point, you know, it's kind of cliche because that's typically what they say. is like, all right, you know, you go into the military and then, you know, you use your, 
your um your GI bill and then you get to go to school and all this other shit. I feel like it's kind of cliche, but it depends on the person and what you do with it. And I was real, real serious because I was pissed off. You know, it, 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 it's only but so many times I could be ready to beat somebody ass for doing some prejudice shit to me before I'm just like, man, I got to find a way to fight these motherfuckers without my fists. So I got out, went to school full time. Full-time college student on my college boy shit, you know. And, man, when I tell you, it was the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. No lie. You know, now I got I got this sense of virtue and understanding of all the bullshit that's going on. To the point to where it's like, ah, okay, this is, this is why they would treat me like this from middle school all the way up until now. Because y'all motherfuckers was scared. Y'all was scared the whole time. The whole time y'all made me in my mind feel as though I was the problem when really y'all were the fucking problem. And y'all seen the potential of what we can be, not just myself, but what we all can be. Especially when we kinda when we when we, you know, come together and we do it at the same time. You know, that shit scares them. And they see that shit. And that shit ultimately was what fueled me to wanna like learn as much as I could. And and it's a difference when you go from like the whole high school learning, you know, public education system learning to, like, college. Because aside from the curriculum for the courses that you're taking, a lot of the professors are, like, invested in how you feel and how you think and, like, where you come from. Like, for instance, every every course that you take, and I low-key hate this shit. Not hate, that's a strong word, but I low-key just, like, strongly dislike this shit. Every course that you take, you got to do an introduction of who you are and where you from type shit. And it's like, damn, why the fuck do I have to keep introducing myself? To the point to where it was like, you know, like, if you got MySpace and you got the little bio, it's like a bio, you know what I'm saying? You just you just keep repeating it over and over again type shit. But I get it now because it's like they, like they want to know who you are type shit. They want to know how you feel about certain shit. And when I seen that, I'm like, this is this ain't this ain't just school to me, cause I'm like, if you gonna have me in this class for an hour and a half, and I could talk my shit respectfully, but talk my shit, and, and then you actually like, and and you know, of course they professors, so they didn't been in 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 like those the same kind of environment that you are, but some of them black or some of them then you know even even the white ones you know put themselves in position to where they even understand the you know poverty neighborhoods and, and and different things that we experience to the point to where they, they really like dare to really hear you out type shit that shit was like love i'm like all right bet i'm like see y'all fucked up now nah. because now y'all didn't show me that fucking you know college is not like regular school and you actually come in this bitch and just be yourself and they actually you know they more invested in in people who be themselves and, and, and have like life experiences like me and a lot of other people i know i'm like oh yeah i could do this shit i could definitely do this shit and boy ever since then man i just man i've been on my shit ever since you know what i'm saying i fucking i didn't i didn't learn about so much shit i didn't learn that bro they set us up to fail from the very beginning, the very beginning. I'm talking about to the point to where it was like, it was a point in time where, you know, even like, with, like for instance, I'm giving an example, like the Black Panther movements. Some literature will explain the Black Panthers as a radical group. But if you really do your research, these people were giving back. And the only reason why guns and stuff were involved, 
because they were protecting themselves. Then you have a certain, I want to say, governor or whoever it was in California who literally was working with the FBI to try to fucking tear us down from the inside. William O'Neill, bitch ass nigga. Excuse my language. But yeah, like, you know, it's shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And that shit, that, that shit, that's that's tough. It was it was tough for me to to learn that because it's like, what is y'all problem? Why y'all have to go this far to try to keep us down? Is it not enough that fucking we all die we dying by our own hand? But to say we dying by our own hand, but when you look back at how most of us even got here in the first place, it was like we were all on a fucking boat chained together. And now they got us to the point to where it's like we fucking killing our own. Like, that shit is sad, you know what I'm saying? But that's why I say, you know, I got to I gotta do my part in some way because somebody got to know this shit. You know, and, and, it goes, and it goes more, you know, like the black experience. It's more to it than that. Aside from just, you know, breaking the chain, the, the um the mental chain and then going out there and opening you know, opening people's eyes and shit. It's the shit that we deal with on a daily basis. You know, I just came from a whole situation where I was some shit I just read about, you know, glass sealed. I had a situation where I fucking built a fucking crazy ass customer rapport with my last job. Super respectful. And 88% of my customers were white people. Never did I make them feel inferior. Never did I make them feel like, you know, oh, you white, so you wrong. You know what I'm saying? But because of who I am and my culture and where I come from, and then, again, like I said, with that whole Midwest, you know, like my manager, he was one of those, you know, come from somewhere in fucking Illinois, not many black people around and you know this I, I have this bias that i'm just that i'm just that i'm built with or born with type shit to the point to where it's like they push me out and i'm gonna just say they push me out because when when i go out of my way to to do the things that i've done and you look past me and don't give me a clear-cut reason as to why that right there shows me exactly why. It's, 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 some, it's because you can't get past the culture shit because in their eyes, they don't want to see a black person be at the same level as them. They don't want to see black people do as well as them, you know? Because, and, 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 and you know it's true because why the fuck are you having, you watching TED Talks about implicit bias in your free time? How the fuck you don't know that? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? How the fuck are you even a manager and you not even equipped with these type of skills already? You you a manager overseeing everything and majority of your employees is a mix. But you born with an implicit bias, so now you can't, you know, anytime a situation happens and it's a white versus black or it's a white versus minority, you automatically gonna jump on a white person's side because that's that's your people, that's your that's your culture. The shit is sad, bro. It's really fucking sad. And and it goes as far as like shit like that. You know, like just the rudeness, the the situations where it's like, you know, they don't they don't understand how to deal with us, they don't understand how to talk to us. You know, they look at us different. I don't know how many times, you know, I was just minding my own business and you know, I'm walking past them and, and fucking they give me all type of, you know, like like they like they scared to be around me or they or they fear me type shit. 
And in a sense, I dig that because, yeah, you need to fucking fear me because of, but not because of what I look like and because of, you know, the color of my skin, but, but because of who the fuck I am and what I stand for. That's why you need to fear me. Because you need to know we not standing for your bullshit no more. You know? And that's, and, and, and for the most part, that's my black experience. And again, I'm so thankful for 2020 because it not only opened my eyes, but a lot of other people's eyes, but it kind of put me in a position to where I feel like now I'm not having this shit no more and I'm ready to fucking speak out on it. I really am. And man, I hope whoever listening to my, you know, my avid listeners and to my new listeners, like, bruh, do your part any way you can. Do your part. You know, and, don't, you know, don't don't be out here just beating their ass because, you know, we can't. Again, it goes with the system. The system was set up for us to fail. Don't don't give in. So that way you basically feed yourself to the book, to the system. Don't do that. Educate yourself. Educate others. That's how you do it. And that's how you fight their ass. Because, man, I'm telling you, they fucking they, they throw that they throw that rock and then they hide their hand. And then they play victim every single time. I've seen it for the last three years now. And I didn't dealt with it enough. But I feel like once I kind of got on my whole advocacy shit, that was when the shit kind of got bad for me. And rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not having I'm not having none of this shit. Whether I got to fucking, you know, be a part of the system. You know, I, I, I slipped up. I did. I ain't going to lie. I slipped up. You know? But at the same time, it's like I, I could do both. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm on both ends of it. You know, I could, I could fight your ass with my fist, but I could also fight your ass with my education and my words. But take my advice and please, y'all, do not, don't engage because it's not worth it. Because I'm telling you, they, they, man, they soft as fucking charm and toilet tissue. And it's a waste of your time. A, a waste of your time. Because then the fact that it's like most of my listeners or even the people who just now are getting involved in this shit or even the people who, you know, reading a couple posts on Instagram or reposting some shit on, on social media, you know, the fact that you take your time to do that, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. Because history has set them up to feel like this is their fucking world. Not this is their country. This is their world. And we we not having that. And I'm so, and, and again, 2020 was some bullshit, but I'm so thankful for 2020 because they asses is running scared. They really are. They asses is running for the fucking hills, and rightfully so. Run y'all asses back up to the fucking Caucasus Mountains and stay y'all asses up there until y'all ready to fucking, you know, play along with everybody else. But until then, stay the fuck away from us or, or, or catch these literal and, fi- and figurative hands. Period, point blank. I hope y'all felt that one. But yeah, man, I'm hopeful for us going forward. You know, 21 and the years to follow. I'm really hopeful. It has nothing to do with this presidency shit because that shit, all of that shit is faulty. You know what I'm saying? We need to get somebody from the hood in the fucking White House. That's my honest opinion. We need to get motherfuckers from the hood in in politics, in the world of politics. That's what we need because... Until we have somebody who clearly came from where we came from or somebody who clearly understands what we've been through and represent us in that way, it'll never we'll never see change the way we want to. We'll never see equality in that way. And that's and that's just real talk. But um, you know, that's for the most part, that's my black experience, you know, and I really would like, you know, for the people listening to kinda give me a little feedback on, you know, things that they've experienced and shit. 
because I know it's not just me. I know it's not. Because, man, shit is hard out here, bro. It really is. But, you know, it'll, it'll only get better once we stick together. And I, and I know that's another thing that sounds like real cliche, but, I mean, it really is. Like, where we come from, it was never no divide. So, it's like, why are we divided now? Has anybody ever asked themselves that question? Because I have. Because it just don't make sense to me. But, um, yeah, man, um, I'm getting at my at my uh end point. So, I just want to say thank y'all again for tuning in to another episode of If Not Me. Um, I, My next episode will, I will have a live guest. And we're going to talk about some shit. You know, I don't want it to be just super real and super conscious. Because I don't want to lose, you know, my, my listeners. But at the same time, I want y'all to just... You know, just just, just kind of have a, a different taste and feel of, of, like, shit that's going on out here. Aside from just, you know, those shit that y'all see, y'all regurgitate on a day-to-day basis, which is gossip and bullshit. You know, like, we need to talk about some real important shit that's going on in the world today. But, yeah, man, thank y'all again for listening. I appreciate the constant love and support. And, yeah, man, until next time. Peace. It ain't for sale, nigga. KB. Damn, man. My brother.